This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. And action! Hello and welcome to episode 371 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films to TV to documentary and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to royally F it up. In our very, very humble opinion, today I am delighted to welcome on the show Femme directors Sam Freeman and Ung Chun Ping. They are the BAFTA nominated directors behind the short film of the same name, Femme. F E M M E. They've come from a theatre background, a theatre and acting background. And they wanted to make a film that resonated with them. And therefore, they got together and decided to make Femme as a short film. Uh, Ping, he's a theatre director. Sam is an actor and screenwriter. And Ping especially had directed in the theatre. So they went from writing shows to writing films. And the difference between the two, how you tell the story with very little words. They talk about the challenges of doing that, challenges of diving in and getting an amazing cast on board for their short film, including Papa Esiedu, who is the star of Genie, which was directed by last week's guest, also another Sam, Sam Boyd. Just not to get too confusing, <laughs> and Sam Freeman's and Ping's short, not only star Papa, but also Harris Dickinson and Theo Barkham Biggs as well. Um, they got Agile Films on board that. How did they do it? How did they get casting director Daniel Hubbard on board? How did they get the attention of James Rhodes, cinematographer, uh, having no technical knowledge of themselves? How did they get Eva Yates, head of BBC, attached and interested and involved? What is it like working as a directing and writing duo? How they felt going from short to a feature and the advice they give you and what they took from that whole Process. The feature was produced by Miles Payne, Sam Ritzenberg, and uh, cinematographer was James Rhodes as well. He stepped from the short to the feature. The editor was Selena MacArthur. The casting directors were Julie Harkin and Nathan Toth. This feature version of Femme is out in cinemas now. I urge you to go and watch it. It is fantastic. It was dark, disturbing, brutal. I couldn't take my eyes away from the screen. This film follows Jules, uh, who is played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett brilliantly, may I add, who is targeted in a homophobic, well, a horrendous homophobic attack, which destroys his life and his career. Um, sometime after that event, he encounters Preston, one of his attackers, 
in a gay sauna and he wants revenge. Preston is played by George Mackay in a role that I've never seen him play and he is stunning in this film. He plays an absolutely arrogant, tattooed up prick and he plays it perfectly. Uh, the film also stars Aaron Hefferman, John McRae, Antonia Clark, uh, Nima Talagani and Mo Bar-El as well as many others. And like I say, it's available in cinemas. This is so hard for a movie like this uh, to make it happen. And these boys have done it with their debut movie. Sam and Ping have smashed their debut out of the water. This is how to make an indie, ladies and gentlemen. Go support, go watch it. This just... He also just won Biffers last week as well, and I'm sure it'll do well continuing into the next year. Um, we haven't got release date for when it'll be out on uh, SVOD, but when I've got that, I will let you all know. I was lucky enough, thanks to Signature Entertainment, to sit down uh, with Sam Freeman and Ung Chun Ping, otherwise known as Ping, to talk about how they wrote it, how they directed it, how it came about, and the issues they had along the way. I'm Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, a director and a producer. And since it's Christmas coming up, that makes no difference. But I'm the director of feature films such as The Stranger in Our Bed on Sky Movies Now, The Dare, which I think is everywhere around the world. Uh, Wolves of War, um, my World War II movie and Arthur and Merlin, Knights of Camelot. You can catch those wherever you like. You can catch those now. Uh, I'm also the producer of Zero Killer's Guide to Life Repeat and Three Day Millionaire, which is available on Netflix right now um, if you want to support then do support currently at the weekends I have been writing um, not only with Tobias Vs but with Johnny Grant as well on separate projects both are very exciting and I'm very excited to just write something to get something going again and be really close to getting it finished and it's always nice to get feedback and I think that's what's important in this business is the people around you and how you can connect and collaborate and don't feel that you're alone in this industry you are not for one thing you've got us the filmmakers podcast and all the and all the hosts we are here uh if you've got any questions please reach out at the filmmakers podcast on instagram at filmmakers pod on twitter and you can email us the filmmakers podcast at gmail.com with any questions you have and we'll do our best to help you obviously we're busy as well but we'll do our best because that's what i feel this industry is about and if you have made a film or you're trying to make a film don't hide from other people don't go it's mine i'm not going to tell anyone i'm not going to speak to anyone i'm not going to ask for advice no no ask for advice that only helps you become a better filmmaker because people have learned and done it and made those mistakes so don't you make all those mistakes all those people who've made the mistakes before can help you and hopefully that's what this podcast does as well is help you so that you don't make the same mistakes that others have made and you can make an even better film and have an amazing career that's the point of all this and since it's Christmas as well um, you can get our merchandise it will arrive just before Christmas if you order it now uh, go to our website filmmakerspodcast.com look for merch we've got some amazing t-shirts mugs and hoodies uh, beautiful things for that filmmaker in your life or for yourself just go grab it and support the podcast at the same time though to be honest no money comes to us uh, but you'll be supporting the podcast by wearing the merch or taking a photo holding the mug <laughs> there's masks still available no one wants those though but they are available if you happen to be shoveling muck or something uh, that's a perfect promotional moment if you did <laughs> but what am i saying it's christmas you should be watching phil hawkins's prancer a christmas tale 
that's what you should be doing uh, it, is, it is on Sky Movies go watch go support that excellent man fans of Christmas Tale next week uh, it's probably on Friday I'm not sure yet but uh, it will be the team behind Oppenheimer yes Nolan's Oppenheimer we have the editor we have the costume designer and the, the hair designer and the makeup designer of Oppenheimer and they're all female and it's amazing uh, they will be on the podcast for you probably next week or on Friday I don't know yet it's a busy week anyway enough of that I hope you're making new films I hope you're making stuff happen and you're moving forward in your career right now so enough of me let us get to Sam Freeman and Un Chung Ping the directors and writers behind wonderful thriller Fan. go watch it out in cinemas now the sound on Sam and Ping's recording is not amazing, but bear with it because the things they say are incredible. So stick through any bad sound. And it's free after all, so what do you expect? Hello. Hello. That is bad. Oh, yeah. Yes. That is uh, such bad lighting. Uh, I love it. Sorry. No worries, buddy. We are doing this out of, uh, not from home. Got ya. We're in uh, a foreign office. You might say hello to all of us. <laughs> but we are at the foreign office. The, the foreign, foreign office. office. The new foreign secretary. Yeah, we are being deported, but we did <laughs> want to do this interview before we are uh, totally deported. Before yeah, we are the country. We just want to get this in. <laughs> Good for you. It's better than... Don't worry about it. We can see. But this is a podcast, right? It's not... Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to use it. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing, though? All right. Good. Great. Yeah. Must be feeling good. I mean, like, everyone's been raving about this film um, for a while, Femme. It's been uh, it's been really nice, I think, the buzz you guys are getting from it. Yeah, it feels... It definitely feels like it's kind of finding its feet, and it is... Yeah, it's been very gratifying, for sure. Really exciting. Can I just pronounce your name right so I don't get... Is it... Mm. Jun Ping, but then call me Ping. So people call you Ping. Yeah, it is, it's actually Chun Ping. But but when I first came to the UK, um, British friends are like, "Can we call you Ping?" Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. So Chun Ping is your first name. Um, is your surname? Surname. Yeah. Ping is what we call you. My my my, my sort of like my sort of my, colon- my colonial name. Colonial name. When you're not deported. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good, good. So um yeah, like to, I I mean I I'm part of the Biffa team as well and that panel and this the talk and the vibe and stuff of this film was really strong from the off. People were all saying, have you seen Femme yet? Have you seen Femme? Um, And that's really nice, I think, in the indie filmmaking world when people just get on something, get on the vibe of it and go, actually, this is a good one. Really good. And it's a fantastic movie. It's really tense. It's cleverly made, brilliantly acted, beautifully shot, directed. I was like, fair play, boys. Your debut movie, I was like, Look, this is cracking straight out of the gate. I know oh. it's based on your short film, but well done, really well done. Excellent Thank work. Thank you. Good. So let's jump back. Let's talk about how you got here. You know, this became a BBC Films. This became, you know, uh, celebrated, as it were. Still time for it to be celebrated even more. But in terms of you guys, you know, what's your journey? We'll start with you, Ping. How did you start in this this business? Oh, um well um i started in uh the theater yeah uh, nice so i am um a theater director mm-hmm. and, um 
I've been in the UK for about 10 years now, you know, working in theatre. Um, so Sam and I were housemates. And when we were housemates, um, Sam was um, a screenwriter and um, I was a theatre director. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we spent lots of time, you know, like watching TV, watching films together and tearing oh. them apart, <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, telling the... In a nice way, just in a, like... In, in a, yeah, well, in a like, constructive practical way even we loved it like why why does this work so much for us like how does it you know how no, no, no. i mean it's yeah. <laughs> but, but we were just the two of us in our living room yeah. <laughs> we were we were nice about it <laughs> <laughs> very very nice about all those people you're going to no, be working with you know well hopefully loads of people yeah <laughs> <laughs> in our <living> room. um <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Sam always said, um, have you considered film or TV? And for the longest time, it just felt like impossible. You know, the, mm. the, the, the thought of it was, was, it felt crazy. Yes. Um, before I came to the UK to do theater, I, I, I grew up in Singapore and, um, I spent 10 years working in Singapore as a teacher. And then I decided that I wanted to get into theater. So um, I came over to the UK and then, you know, started in theatre and mm-hmm. already that was like a huge change in my life that I thought, oh God, I don't think I have the will or energy or the luck to do another big change. Mm. Um, but it, it came, you know, Sam and I uh, were, were talking about working together for a long, long time and then, you know, but it was kind of difficult to find a convergence because our lives were so different. Our careers were so different. Mm. And it was with this film that we finally saw that this was something that we can jump in together and, and, and try. Yeah. That's nice. And for you, Sam, then I suppose it was that encouragement, you know, for paying to sort of go, look, why don't we do this together? Was that the vibe? Or did you come from a different angle in the first place? Screenwriting, obviously. Right. Well, originally acting, actually, I wanted to be an actor. And yeah. I, I went to drama school and nice. I did three yeah. there, um, of quite like in like, yeah, quite intense, quite weird three years of, you know, pretending to be animals. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I've been there. Yep. Yeah. With a, like, which, which, which animal did you go for? Because I cheated. Oh, I got, I was a, a hyacinth macaw. Like, I remember the day. <laughs> a hyacinth when, one. Nice. But, the list yeah, that we've been assigned we've got like zoo passes and then mm. we, we we had to go to the zoo every week and i would literally stand outside the parrot cage and like pretend to be when i made the noise and people would walk past me but i remember <laughs> the list going up and everyone else had like lion or like you know bear mm-hmm. and giraffe like and i and i had to google what my animal was like but uh so i did yeah three years there yeah. of like a lot of weird shit mm. so you went from you went okay well you did the acting thing for a bit and you were like ah, i don't know i quite like writing is that how you found it did you start writing stuff for yourself i started writing when i like had small parts in the plays in third year and i was sat outside the rehearsal room i'd started to write mm. and kind of realized that i really enjoyed that and got a lot out of it and also that i felt weirdly so much less excited to graduate than almost everyone else in my year mm. and that was a little worrying to me because i think to be an actor you need to like it's such a hard career mm-hmm. um, and you really really have to have so much passion for it to keep you kind of throwing yourself at it yeah and so 
I sort of graduated and acted a little bit in French theatre afterwards, but I was writing at home and and kind of getting much more out of that. And so um, started writing plays, short plays Mm -hmm. to start off with. And then I got um, a a sort of full-length play put on at Southwark Playhouse. Nice. Um, And from that, I called Scarlet in 2015. And from that, I got an agent. And and I kind of always wanted to write for screen. I I, like love television and... Mm. Um, and, and kind of yeah once I I sort of signed with her we started working back getting me into those rooms and yeah spent a lot of time like writing on shows I wrote on some shows and mm. was working on original projects and um, was kind of you know really loving that but um, got into a conversation with um, a producer at a certain point who was talking about a playwright that they had been working with who'd made a he was a manager actually who had um, made a, a film. Like he'd written a play and hadn't put it on. And actually he then directed this film, which I had really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I had asked me if I thought about directing. And I think as a writer, it's interesting because the jump sort of makes sense, I think, because when you're writing, when you're screenwriting particularly, you think so much about the vision of what it is. You have to. You have to. You have to, yeah. imagine. You yeah. have to think forwards into the production process mm. in a way that you don't maybe necessarily always have to think backwards once you're in there, but you, you spend so much time visualizing, working out the tone, how does it fit together, what does this look like, who are these people, and creating your own vision for it in order to be able to kind of build something that feels whole. Mm. And then you hand it over to a director and obviously they then come in and they put their own vision on it and they, their own tone and their own ideas. And you hope that whatever it was that you imagined at least interacts well with whatever it is that they're imagining. Mm-hmm. But you often, you know, you see the episode at the end and you might really like it, but it's never exactly the thing that you Envisaged. worked so yes. hard on. Yeah. And that can be, you know, there's a, there's an element of that that can feel um, frustrating or a little anticlimactic or, you know, like you you kind of have lost the thing that you, it's sort of there and it isn't. Mm. And so that idea kind of took hold. And as Ping said, we've been talking about working together for a while and about film. We'd had a few ideas that either felt more me or more you. Mm-hmm. Um, and one night we were watching... Um, Good time, the Safdie Brothers movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And we had this conversation afterwards about uh, about genre, about the genre of that that kind of neo noir late night thriller. It, like when we Good Time and no, Uncut Gems had just come out as mm. well. We'd seen that, and we sort of started talking around these films, kind of kind of classic Scorsese movies, a bit of the kind of Nicholas Winding reference, like mm. stuff like Drive. And mm-hmm. There's this, this kind of genre that we really enjoy consuming as an audience, but also felt sort of weirdly kind of, I don't know, alienated from, excluded as queer men. We Mm -hmm. felt like that we don't belong in this this world, in these stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we got quite excited about sort of roughly taking this genre as a starting point and sort of pushing ourselves into it. And, and that kind of became the starting point of us going, let's make something together. I love that. That's so great. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, putting uh, writing plays at Royal Court, et cetera, and it, a director would always come in and direct it because they wouldn't let you direct it. And you'd, you'd always sit and go, oh, it's not how I do it. It's not how I do it. So I totally get that feeling of I want to get my hands on the stuff that I'm writing. Now, what was the writing process going like from theatre 
for both of you to writing for screen? What was the differences you found? Ping, let's start with you. I think themes are longer in theatre. And one of the things, one of the big things that you really feel is different is that the limited number of locations, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, in theater as opposed to film. Of course, in film, there, you know, you're limited by budget, uh, how many and what locations you can be in. So, but in general, it does feel like the way you tell a story is slightly different. I suppose my experience with writing, because, you know, Sam comes from writing, I come from directing, Mm -hmm. and Sam said that, you know, you you think forward and you want to direct your writing. And in this, you know, as as a director, or at least the way that um, I've been working is that you kind of treat the writer as God, and then you try to, you know, you, you try your best to, to, to not upset them, yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to make them to happy. Realize their vision, their vision, to realize yeah. At least this is this is something that that was important to me. Mm. So this was a great opportunity to reach backwards mm-hmm. to make something that I want to direct. Right. You know, and that was that was a really really gratifying experience because you know then. You, you you get a more complete process of um uh, uh, telling the story that you want to tell. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you do. And for you, Sam, the like that writing side of it, the two of you together, talk us through that process. Did you you know because it's 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 difficult to write anything in the first place. But how did you learn knowing you know when you should write an action line or when you should this is dialogue. Actually, we can get rid of this dialogue because it's done with a look. Talk us through that process of working together, because you know, and, and actually writing screenplays for the first time, etc. In terms of writing screenplays, for the, going from as you were asking about, sort of going from plays mm. into play. Yeah. Theatre is is also a visual medium, of course, of course, but film is so specifically, and your options on you know. You don't have close-ups in theatre. You don't have. Yeah. You can't guide the audience's eye in the same way. And so, in theatre, when you're writing for theatre, you carry so much in the words that are spoken. Mm. That's how you kind of make sure that. Whereas in screenplays, quite often characters shouldn't speak unless they have to. I think often, mm-hmm. if you could, quite often, if you can tell the story without anyone speaking, then that's sort of the first port of call. Mm-hmm. And then dialogue comes in when you then need that as an element to bring in. Um, and that's quite a that's a very different way of looking at how you tell a story I think. yeah and then moving on to femme then writing the short you know together had you written stuff before femme together had you st- attempted to do stuff before no that was number one impressive um, yeah the short because the, we originally pitched it as a feature actually and the short was always meant to be a proof of concept for a feature because we was this see. idea we'd watched these films we'd had this idea which really mm. was at the beginning kind of the seed of it was yeah take this genre make it queer like the, yeah. that it kind of like we were like this yeah we don't know what it is but when we had there was some rough idea of what the story was at the beginning that's completely not what it what it has ended up being but yeah. we took it in to the producers at agile sam ritzenberg and miles Payne, um and um pitched the idea to them there was a previous relationship there and they really liked it but told us we were insane if if we thought anyone was going to finance us making a feature film when neither of us had ever made any form of film before. Yes. But they liked it enough that they agreed to produce a short film for us. 
And so, mm. they, I mean, you know, they really like, they did a such a huge solid. Really. I mean, that's incredible. You mentioned there about your previous relationship. And I think a lot of our listeners, filmmakers out there will be going, yeah, but how did you get that relationship? Because that's the thing that this industry is about is relationships. I mean, that was, I suppose it was worked kind of, all of those relationships were kind of worked over years. Like I said, for me, for me getting into writing, I started in short plays nights, which was something that anyone could enter into. Mm-hmm. Enough of those that eventually I met some young producers who were setting up a theater company and they wanted to pull on a falling play and they'd really liked responded to one of my shorts well like can we turn this into a it's sort of in a weirdly in a way similar to them can we turn this into a, a full-length play mm. and from that um from getting that put on i got an agent which is kind of the this is the big thing really you get an mm. agent and the agent has the relationships to start off with they send you in for generals you meet people you talk about your ideas, they'll read your, you have a sample script that you've written to go, here's mm-hmm. my TV sample so you can see what I can do. And off the back of that, yeah, you're sent to meet people. And then, you know, sometimes those generals lead to nothing. Sometimes they'll bring you back in when they've got another project that they think you're right for. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll go meet them again when you've got an idea that you think they might be interested in. And you sort of, you know, it it, it, it took a while of, of sort of being around and kind of making a bit of a name for yourself as people sort of like the work. And then mm-hmm. eventually you've got an idea and you take it in and you've got enough of a kind of reputation with that producer that they go, oh, okay, we're interested in this and we're going to put something behind you. Yeah. And and I love that Agile did that because like say so many companies will go, well, do we want to make a short? Do we want to take a chance on these young filmmakers? And it's tough because that's their money. It's their time, their effort. And even though they're saying, oh, we'll let uh, maybe junior producers jump on this or whatever, yeah. it's still a lot of effort and time. It's not something they just do overnight. You know, it's a long time prepping it. And let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the the prep side of it and getting your producers and learning and going, you never directed on film before you know lenses cameras working with your dp which you know was james rhodes on on yeah. the short mm-hmm. talk yeah talk us through that and sort of your uh ping we'll start with you again did, did you think about how we're gonna the look of it obviously you talked about when it actually comes to it you're like mm-hmm. yeah but this location we've got here that we can afford don't look like that <laughs> so all those kind of challenges had you done storyboards mood boards yeah. uh, rip reels anything like that w- what was the process for you guys are we, are we talking about a short or the feature? The short for now. Right. Okay. So crazy story. Um, the How we met James Rhodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do we say what's up? No, that's a, it's quite a funny story because it's like she could have picked three films. Okay. So we were prepping for, we were prepping for the short and uh, our producer was bringing in people for us to meet, you know, all the uh, heads of departments, because of course we don't have that relationship, you know, um, not only have neither of us ever made film before, we didn't come up through the traditional like NFTS, we didn't go to film school, mm-hmm. so we didn't have those relationships. Any so, relationship, any, yeah, relationship. any, yeah, sure. So, was this Haley or was it Sam? Um, your producers, yeah, and Haley, Sam and Haley together, Sam and Haley together yeah. you know, giving us you know, recommendations, and we met with everyone, and mm-hmm. eventually, the DOP who was going to shoot our short film was. Molly Manning Walker. No way. Yeah. Well, there you go. How to have sex. Um, yeah, recent, I know. Um, no. that's that's right. Right. yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> however, this was you know during the the height of COVID and you know uh, all, all the all the anxiety surrounded. And the day before we were going to shoot, 
um, Molly called us and said that he she had been on on a set where someone else caught COVID and therefore she was exposed and therefore couldn't do our short. And her, oh my gosh! Wow, and panic stations. Hired like camera team. The entire oh. I think that was going to come on to uh, uh, do the short film uh, for us. So mm-hmm. on the evening before the shoot for the short film. Molly introduced us to her friend, James mm-hmm. Rhodes. Yeah. And she said, this is, she was like, this is the only guy she would trust who can come in yeah. the night mm-hmm. before and he will nail it. Yeah. Wow. And we gave him our references. Yeah. We, we, we made a sizzle reel. We've made a sizzle reel as well. Oh, you had made a sizzle. Okay. We, we made one. We, yeah. we cut one together. It was like, this is the tone. This is yeah. the vision. This is the rhythm. This is the feeling of it. And we'd referenced a lot of the films that, you know, we were the that sort of genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and, met. And, and, the, yeah. And it turned up the next day. First time we met and was on the uh, shooting. So we, we said, uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. We can, can we meet a couple of hours before mm-hmm. the actual, you know, call? Mm-hmm. And through the shots of the day mm-hmm. and that was what happened for the next four days where we meet a couple hours before the shoot and talk about it and just went into it well and also the tech recce had gone out the window but yeah none of his team had ever seen any of the locations so, so we had to like re everything was like and he literally had molly's kit that she had ordered he was yeah. like it's like a puzzle and he was, he was like, like i don't <laughs> know what there is what is this <laughs> oh my where gosh it go? um so oh. it was it also, like, I mean, we lost quite a lot. Of time. We still, obviously, we made it, but we like, there were hours so lost even during filming where they were just like, "How are we like doing this?" But, but it was just so fascinating to like every location that we went to. It was the first time James had seen the location, mm. so you would look at his face and he'd just looking around, going, "Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, we get to this." Yeah, and um, it was really, really both really prepared in in terms of the preparation that we did with Molly, mm-hmm. but also really, you know, improvisational. Yeah. with James, uh, like James and us making up our relationship as we go along. Yes. Making the film. Which is in a way, I mean, you're kind of thrown in the deep end, right? These things can happen. Yeah. They happen. You hear these stories and it's horrible. You must have been thinking, oh my God, the chance to make a short, Agile are giving us this chance and oh my God, it could be now terrible. And yeah. it wasn't. And sometimes these things are sent there to not only test you, but to actually make you better, to think on your feet and not rely on Molly. Or whoever you might not have, but also sometimes you can. You, and someone new, you suddenly have to go. Okay, well, 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 and that's a great yeah. place to be. That creativity. Ah, oh, you must have. It must have been alive in that room. What you were thinking? I do think we put ourselves in a good position because we really like. I think particularly not coming from film backgrounds, having mm. we had no technical knowledge, although we sort of put ourselves through like a kind of YouTube film score, lots of watch mojo, <laughs> yeah. a cool. ton of watch mojo, and just like you know, like analysis of film the mm-hmm. video essays and like we watched a lot and we found things that were references for us yeah but we also just so we sort of went okay we don't have technical knowledge we don't know which lens goes where for what mm-hmm. but we are both like our careers have been about storytelling and we understand how to tell a story and yes. so we really dug into what are our principles for this film like what are the rules? How are we telling this story? What are we? Like, what is every moment about? Like we went through it beat by beat. Visually, what do we need to? Like what piece of information do we need from this shot? Like what's a list of things that we need to get out of this scene, and how do we show them? And we had we were really comprehensive with that and talking. You know, yeah, we, we perspective. We, we wrote down a like a on a mm. on a 
like a spreadsheet. Literally tick off. Like, is have we like if we get into the edit, have we got all of these? Like, do we have literally like does do we have Jules smiling uh, because of this at the moment? Do we have a moment where we, we can see the not Jules, it's Jordan, sure, it's a different character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, like literally, like, have we seen this? Have we seen that? Is that there? Have we felt this at any point in any of our and so that we couldn't and yeah, we knew we knew what like stylistically and all of so any questions that James brought to us, we were able to kind of come from a very specific angle and answer them and say, okay, these are the rules, we stick to these. Mm. And that meant that we sort of built up, I think, a kind of storytelling language between us and him mm. quite quickly because he knew what the, the kind of our guiding principles were, I mm. suppose. I love that. I love that. And then an amazing cast as well. Dan Hubbard uh, jumped on board to help you with that. And uh, Papa Asiedu and Harris Dickinson. I mean, Jesus, yeah. excellent. It, it, it's no wonder it won, you know, the Biffa, a best short and it nominated for the BAFTA as well. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. What, what, after making that, just because we want to talk about the feature as well, after making that, how did it feel then? Obviously, and I, I mean that in, it's such a ridiculous question because, oh, I felt great, felt rubbish to know. But, but what I mean is, you've made a, sh- you know, you've done it, and it's a success. It did well, and I know you don't know that at the time. But what did you go? Yeah, I can do this. I'm going to be a director. I direct film now as well. You know, was that the feeling you got, or was it just we got through it? It can be all sorts. It can be a mix. But how did you guys take it? I think ultimately, yes, that was the feeling. There were di- there were different points in like first assembly. Remember watching the first assembly? We were like, <laughs> We are not film directors. Clearly, we are not film directors. Always the way, mate. Always, yeah. And, so, and we've been warned by other people. They were like, you won't want to run away when you see the first assembly. But yeah. there's nothing actually experiencing that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was numbing yeah. when we first saw it. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's so awful. You feel like you can't direct for shit. You just go, what have I done? This is awful. It's so strange. I felt really, I remember just feeling very embarrassed because I was like, we've got Agile to give us all this money. <laughs> and all, we've got these amazing actors mm-hmm. to give up their time to do a short film for two people who never, because they clearly thought it was going to be good and we're going to have to like show all of this crew that came on and like, you know, you'll do everything is favors and whatever. Yep. yep. Show it to them and be like, we're so sorry we wasted your time. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you know? When was the point that, you know, you and Damiri? Is that how you pronounce the editor's name? Damiri. Yeah. Um, he always was like, and I always thought he was lying to us, because in the beginning he was like, no, 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 this is going to be good, I can tell. I know, yeah. it's all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like... Mm, how, um, how are we going to shape it? Because you wouldn't have known. There was no experience of going through that even making a short on your iphone or whatever and just sticking it together so that must have been fascinating to watch that and go oh and coming out the end going is it good i don't know we should show it to people because that's always the way you don't know if it's right you don't you can feel good performances and because um um i mean going back a little bit on your question like to the shoot at at least i after the initial numbness and exhaustion yes it felt exhilarating yeah yeah the shoot was exhilarating, yeah. like nothing, like like I have not experienced that in my life. Yep. You know, uh, the feeling of everyone sort of like converging yes. on a take. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, and then and then and then the take is over. You come out, yeah, and then it just feels like you are in sync with everyone. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. I remember. 
feeling like and that like afterwards being like and on the time being like oh i never want to just be the writer again like you know yeah yeah like that feeling of actually like being like creating it actually creating it it, you're right yeah it was like it was like a four day and we barely slept and it was stressful because we james went to redo everything and what's you know it's like and we because it was the first time doing it like does it cut together will it do this but yeah four days of like yeah like sort of adrenaline and exhilaration and then it was like two days later that we got shown the first assembly he got to it really oh, quickly oh that's too quick oh my god no no that's too oh, quick yeah that's frightening <laughs> at the end of each scene after the how many ticks we we, we we got there was this profound sense of relief that mm. we found it and it's on film it's captured it's captured. yes yes you know i can't lose that now you know i don't mm. i don't need to be afraid whether it will happen again because it has happened and we've recorded it yeah. mm. <laughs> it's it's you're right it's magic i remember my first short i'd made as a director and it I, I, the same that exhilarating feel was just incredible um let's jump to how you actually turn this into a feature then so obviously you pitch it to agile as a feature in the first place you proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that you could make a short film you could you knew how to direct actors you knew what you were doing but when was the moment when they went yeah okay we're green lighting the film obviously then did you rewrite it because again you've mentioned you changed the name uh, of some of the characters so was there a rewriting process after you'd made the short to go oh this would be more interesting i think as sam said like you know um might be new to film but not new to storytelling so mm-hmm. what was very clear to us that uh a story beat film or whatever is is good because it is as long as it needs to be no shorter and no longer so we knew like even um before we made the short that the short was going to be its own story the feature that was going to be you know 90 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. its own story that will justify its 90 minute runtime so we knew that, at least in our heads, that we were not going to expand or expand the short. And right. like we knew that, you know, again in our heads, uh, that if you try to do that, is more often than not, it's going to it's going to feel a bit eked out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, just repeat. It's just repeating lots of, lots of story beats. The short was complete, wasn't it? And often yeah. it's true. It's funny because the first thing people ask when they know you're adapting, they're like, "Oh, are you going to do more from before the beginning of the yeah. short?" Or mm. off yeah. The short. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It, like yeah. it doesn't. If if that was good for it, then it would have. I guess it would have been, been, been in there. We yeah. Have gone, yeah. And actually, we did cut. There were some bits from the beginning of the short that we cut, so like we don't need yeah. to go even this. Yeah. And so I think what we knew from what we got from the short that was important was this central dynamic, the central chemistry between these two men who are both sort of grappling with their own, in some ways grappling or um, dealing with their own relationship to gender, sexuality, masculinity, and uh, from very different angles on what happens mm. they, when they meet and um, in quite an intense situation. And so we, we sort of knew that that was that was where the meat of our drama was and that's where we wanted to build out from but mm. we we took sort of them archetypally mm. and then our initial, our initial pitch to agile for the feature was more a single protagonist there was no preston there was no ah, wow after making the short short so fascinated yeah. by 
that relationship between the characters mm. of Papa and Harris, and they did it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. It really inspired us to go, we want to make a duo, a duo protagonist um, um, film. This is where they Because actually, it's, it's funny, because on the page of the short, and again, because I think they're so good, and they did have great chemistry, you yeah. really feel yes. like Harris you know, is sort of, there, there is a kind of sort of other lead in the film, but actually when you just look at it on the page, he's only in a few scenes. Yeah. yeah. The film, yeah. From the halfway point, he's out. Yeah. So it's mm. not really about him, but it, they, they're, the two of them together really sticks in mm. your mind and partially because they're so good, but it was, yeah, it was so clear to us that that was where we, that was the thing that we would take and that everything mm. else went out the window. Mm. We actually, wow. for quite a while, we were going to change the name, but um, just because part of it is also for yourself about yeah. adjusting yes. your own relationship to it, being like we like lose it, forget it, mm-hmm. don't. You can get really caught on certain things, and yeah. sometimes a name change, like character name changes, were really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, 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 takes, that, that takes the longest time to choose. You know, it's been, you know, yeah, names, does, names. character names. Like, yeah. Names for video games. You know, yeah. you can spend the rest of the entire day. Yeah, you know, am I? Yeah. I always go on those names websites. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. Name. I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. that's what he's called. That's the one. So now, now you've sort of rewritten it a little bit. You've thought about the two characters you want to work. Did you then you went back to Agile with it? Was the talk of going somewhere else? Was sort of talk of, you know, was anyone else interested? No, we 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 signed up. Like we signed up with Agile, and they signed up for it from the shore. I think the the right. was that. They paid for our short. They paid for the short, yeah. and that was sort of mm. our script fee in a way. I mean, we nah, I see. It was made. We were then paid separate. It's not our script fee. We were paid properly for the script, but understood. Wrote the script on spec for them, and took the short as kind of out because it's. I mean, it's in, like yeah, having someone give you the money to make a short is such like an incredible like that is calling card. It's so rare. It's yeah. so rare. Yeah, it's amazing you did that. I mean, yeah. It was attached to them already, and they were fully committed to going the distance. I think. Mm-hmm. I think if the short film had not worked out well, then we would still have written a script, and they might have shopped it out to different directors. And that was sort of a deal that we made. Like we, it was up to us to prove that we could direct, make deliver. ourselves financeable for a feature. Yeah, and you did that. So, so you kind of knew you had the green light or when was the moment was there a moment when you went we're actually gonna be making a feature first it was when bbc film came on board, came on board. Mm, was okay. milestone. did you have to pitch to them did you go in and pitch or was it no they, they obviously seen they'd seen the show and they were interested and then we sent the script and then we had a meeting with yeah, eva yeah. and mm-hmm. the, um, and that which was an incredible meeting uh, because she's amazing mm. she, most like insult, like astute, yeah, just like she got it immediately, just like so mm. impressive as a like mm. a presence in a room. And you were like, I want to, like, we just want to work with you. Um, because she she got it so clearly, and her questions were like challenging, but they mm. really like got to the root of exactly what the film was or was mm-hmm. trying to be. So they, because Agile aren't. A financing company so they don't they had they had money they had enough money that they could fund the short yeah, but they, yeah, they're not of course yeah they're a great production company yeah. but yeah they don't have in you know millions in the bank to be keep making features that's they go out and yeah find yeah. source money yeah absolutely yeah there was a point when financing was firmly on board and that's when we knew we were making it and that was quite a like wild it was just before christmas wasn't it and they were like wow. this is going ahead 
of Christmas 2021. This was kind of around the BIFA and the BAFTA. So the, more, mm -hmm. uh, the short get uh, the, the things that you got um, really helped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What yeah. a great moment that must have been. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, and then choosing your cast here. Um, you know, you've again picked some amazing actors. George McKay, I've loved for a long time. I think he's just a fantastic actor. And in this, I feel like he excels further than I've ever seen him go. And yet it felt so real and raw and heartbreaking. And Nathan Stewart Jarrett, again, he's always, he was in my friend's, the Tory, Matthew and Tory Butler Hearts film as well. So I've known about his work for a long time and really cool, really cool cast. It was this, did you audition? I doubt it, but did, how did you choose? You know, what was the process? Our casting director was um, Julie Harkin. Julie Harkin, yeah. And um, she brought us really great options. Um, but for the longest time, uh, we couldn't find the jewels um right. and then we started to think have we made a character that was unplayable because you know not he has to be a drag queen mm -hmm. uh, and then after that he has to he has to go into disguise he has to put on uh, different he has a persona sit so, into a gang as if he's been in prison yeah absolutely has to, He's to he has to play you know he has to play an actor acting something acting something yes yeah and we will see all that but at the same time see the root character consistently underneath it mm. all and also every I mean kind of every emotion on the human spectrum to like quite an intense degree at different yeah. points in the film mm. it really is like it's there's nothing that he doesn't have to do so it's such a huge art. And because unhelpfully in the script, we didn't provide him with a friend <laughs> to which he can confide all his deepest, darkest uh, revenge secrets. Sure. So that is a form of exposition that we didn't give ourselves. Mm -hmm. so, but, but we were the friend as the audience. I felt like I was the friend he was giving that information to me, which yeah. he was, but, but he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't could tell. articulate it. No, but we got so, it. So he, all has to be done with his face. Nathan. And Nathan is incredible. Yeah. Uh, there are some that we used to get really thrilled at the end of when we watched. So certain bits were just like, I'm making a name So, so, I mean, I mean, we're very little. So, for the longest time, we, we couldn't find, we couldn't find uh, the jewels. And then Nathan walked in and he was in. 
he came quite late to the process because he mm. was filming culprits at the time yeah right. and i think there was and we were so paranoid by that point yeah i think there was a feeling of like you can see his work you can you know you should be able to you can offer this to him you know he can do it we were we were like no one has been able to like we are a little worried that we need to rewrite this character or there's something wrong with it and then as soon as we met him and he did a he did a take it was just very it was so clearly him immediately yeah. It was a, like huge sigh of relief because it was you suddenly just saw the character. Like there is a moment where you feel like you meet the characters, yeah. which is which is also quite a weird one because you spend so long imagining them, right? You have yeah. this very clear picture of who they are. You see them, you hear them, mm-hmm. and then you find the actor comes in and does it. And obviously they are not exactly what you imagined in your head. They mm-hmm. don't have them to imagine something that you've made up. And yet, weirdly, once you found the right actor and it is the person, you very quickly forget what it was that you were imagining they yes. were before. I could not tell you mm-hmm. what my vision of the characters was before them. I think mm-hmm. Nathan made it better. Like he was yeah. like all through the shoot, you know, yeah. he was always saying things like, um, no, at this point, this, this wouldn't have happened yet with the character. I think this would have happened. And we're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. He made the character journey better he brings his own yeah i love i love how actors do that they they take something that's on the page in your mind in your head and they just put it into their world as well and give it feelings and tendons and arms legs everything and uh, you know things that happened to them that character in the past and that's wonderful for for directors that must have just been a joy to direct you know you're obviously both great with actors talk us chat to us about you know that actor-director relationship and what worked for you? I think the thing about it is it's so... I think as a director, we often talked about the actors as being heads of the acting department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like, you know, every every sort of HOD is a head of a department and they have the expertise in their craft. Mm-hmm. Your job is to bring everyone together and to aid them in giving their best work, you know? And each actor has a different process and wants something different from a director and your job is to sort in a way I think is to facilitate them and their process and sort of yeah be sensitive to what that is and you know some actors really like to talk the scene through beforehand and some actors would much prefer to be like I've got an instinct on this let me have a go and then Mm -hmm. if it's not working for you let's talk it through um so you just you really try to I mean Ping comes from a theater background which is you know such an actor-centric medium because they really they are telling the story yeah. they are doing all the work to tell the story and once they're on speech there's nothing yeah, to do exactly. about it yeah, so they, yeah at that point so they better like you and you better like them yeah yes trust and respect i from an acting background so felt like
deal. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 really about about trying to get the actors to feel like they own the moment and the character. Yeah, it's about I think we did a lot of work to we always try to bring the film towards them mm. because ultimately yes you have the script and you have your ideas and they are a blueprint but ultimately all that matters is what you capture on screen if something's not working if a moment isn't working for an actor then you can push to have it on there mm. it won't but if it doesn't work then it doesn't work so it was it is it i think i think our approach to that is very collaborative we try to move towards each other and go okay you are now this character like you are embodying them a part of you is now in this film mm. like you know that is i think that great acting you are seeing the actor you are seeing that person because it is it's their experience and they bring they create a character which is a version of themselves that they put on screen and so you work with them to bring your vision and the story towards what that means to them and how they subjectively kind of articulate that on screen and I think that that was such a huge part of the process. We're working with them about kind of, you know, making mm. the version of the film that was theirs as well. Yeah. Yeah. True. And what about uh, the difference between working with James on the short to the feature, your processes in your mind about, you know, making a short over four days <laughs> is stressful. It's hard work, so much to do, but over a feature could be three, four weeks. You've got to put, it's a, almost a different mindset sometimes as well. How did you approach it? We had prep, which meant that we weren't like meeting three hours before before the call time yeah. to talk every day. Nice. We did we did meet every morning to do the shot list for yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. So, Good. Were there three of you or the two of you? Uh, three. There was one. No, there was four because there was your own as well. Yeah. So so it's the two of us: um, James Rhodes, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, your own. Uh, the first. Because yeah. you know, we started every day with urine saying, "So, um, what are you gonna cut?" <laughs> I love that I started every day with that. Brilliant. Way we just didn't have enough time no, to make the film. No, no, no. Which, which sounds brutal, but actually, you think back, you think it just meant that you're always justifying your shot, and you're thinking what you need for the story, and. Um, yeah, I was proud of the fact that I think mm. because we, again, we prepped it so hard in terms of like really understanding what our vision was. And I think that can be a thing with working as a duo is that you have to discuss every single moment. You have to articulate it out loud. Yes. Yes. On, nothing goes unspoken. Nothing goes. You don't accidentally not think about something because you have to have agreed mm. on what it is. So you're kind of like, you know, speaking from the same in playbook, hymn book. Um, um, and so when it came to, it would come down to like, what, like sometimes can we lose a, a scene today yeah. or, you know, we need less shots, but we had, I, I think we always had such a firm grounding of like, okay, what does the story need? Like, yeah. yeah, this can go because actually if this goes, we can slightly shoot this slightly differently and you will get this, this story beat is contained over here within this. Mm. Um, this shot can be lost because it's not crucial to understanding what's happening here, but this one is, so we cannot lose that. We have to see the car do this or mm. else it's not going to, you're going to feel like something's missing. And yeah. I think we, I, I think we had a really rigorous approach to how we decided what stayed and what went and what we had to push for when we really had to push to keep something. Although there were some shots that, we wish we didn't lose because of 
the lack of time. Yeah, of course. So there are always yeah. things. It wasn't mm. like we always came out at the end of every day. I mean, those are the days when you're like, yeah, that's not so loads of you come away and go, and it's terrifying because you're like, we won't know until the edit. Like, we didn't get this, we ran out of time. We had, we had really great support from our script supervisor, Tom Moody, who, you know, like, we will always turn to him by the end of uh, uh, at the end of each shot and say, Will the you know, tell us, will all this cut together to make something, yeah, sensible? Logical? Yeah, he, he actually really what that was that was like a trio, he really actually yeah. was like close as that because you were always next to him, yeah. And yeah we, it was very good, like natural chemistry. We just we got along with him very well, and he's really good, really sharp, very yeah. funny. Yeah, kind mm. of sometimes when it was really stressful, kept the mood. Like he was fantastic. Yeah, like you know, um, in the house, um, yeah. the the Jules house, um, mm-hmm. the place where we sat with the monitors was a tiny little closet. <laughs> so three of us yeah. squished into it. Yeah, looking at our monitors, mm-hmm. and it was also during the summer, the hottest. The hottest time, uh, 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 period of year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we we got really close. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What have you? I know we've got to wrap up now. What have you learnt from this as directors moving forward to your next film? And I really hope you make another film. Um, but what will you take forward? What were the things from this that our listeners will learn from you? I was because the first thing that came to mind was confidence. Actually, like I, mm. I think all of these. I think for us going into both times, you, going you hesitated to say confidence. No, no, no. Is it like <laughs> what is that? Like a thing to say. All oh, right. <laughs> I think what I, I took from it again, going into first making the short and then the feature, both times mm-hmm. being sort of on paper, like we were underqualified to do what we were doing. No film school, no experience, mm-hmm. no. Um, and both times it felt like, is this an impossible touch? This, you know, the idea of making a film feels so mysterious and yes. so magical and impossible until doing it, you go, okay. Like having done it, you go, okay, this is in a way it's huge and it's difficult and it's all of those things, but it's also much, it's also quite simple in a way. Mm-hmm. You just need to know what it is that you are making, what your vision for it is, and you need to be able to communicate that with a great team that hopefully you have around you. And that, you know, you kind of, we went through every day, and by the time you got to the end of sort of shooting the film, you're like, okay, I understand what this is now. And actually, like, it's not as scary as it maybe imagined it was going to be, and actually, like, quite a lot of fun. And... um I think I don't know. I think it's yeah. It's the I suppose the idea of actually like I'm glad that we just we didn't doubt ourselves enough and be like surely this is impossible for us and just went for it. Mm-hmm. Mm, three things. I mean, I'm sure these are like not surprising things. Um, so three things. One, a really rigorous script. Yeah. Two, the best crew mm. staff you can find. And three, really prep. Yeah. Before yeah. you go in. the cr- I mean, that crew, that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's like you say that, it, you know, obviously the directors get all the credit at the end. It mm-hmm. feels like that. Yeah. All of the film, all of it is kind of made, actually made yeah. by other people. Yes, mm-hmm. a team. Your job is, again, as a director, really your job is to keep everyone, to, is to make sure that the vision is cohesive, that mm-hmm. everyone working towards the same thing yeah. but if you don't have a great team then you won't have a great fit like you need other people to be on top of their game and to bring their craft and so an incredible team 
be it the actors, be it the makeup department, the cinema, yeah. every single person on that set. The first AD. Yeah, all of it. If, if they're not great, then you can't, you know, it's, it, it, it's just, yeah, it's really about finding your team and finding a team that understands what you, it is that you want to make and it feels passionately about it. And that, you yeah, know. I'm just thinking of the people that, that we are always in, you know, always in contact with. It is the first AD, the DOP, um, the costume supervisor, and the art standby, and the script supervisor. You know, uh, this is only five. You know, this this yeah. boy band or girl band of, of of people that you just need to really be on the same page and and really like each other and be mm-hmm. human to one another. Mm-hmm. And communicate absolutely. Yeah, you, you yeah. Love it. Listen, you boys are fantastic. I've loved yeah. chatting to you. Really cool as well. And and what a great film. Uh Signature Entertainment have picked it up and it's in cinemas on the first of December. Um yeah. Uh, well done. Look, honestly, huge congrats. Uh you're nominated for how many Biffers? Uh BAFTA. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's Biffers at the moment, isn't it? It's, like, it's just crazy. Best directors, come on, bring it on. Well done, boys. Yeah, really well done. Really nice time. Yeah, really nice, Sam Ping. Thank you very much. Uh, And uh, yeah, I look forward to chatting to you both again soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, boys. That was wicked. Really good. That was, uh, was, it was, that was a really enjoyable chat. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we could have gone on longer. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm pleasure. Good boys. Good luck. See you soon. Bye, bye, bye. 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 So that was Femme Directors. Sam H. Freeman and Ung Chun Ping, as you know, likes to be known as Ping. Um, Wow, what a film. What a great uh, directing duo as well. I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm sure you feel exactly the same. Uh, the Film Femme is out now in cinemas. Literally, go watch it. If you're an indie filmmaker, you listen to this, go watch it. Go support, uh, for one thing. But not only that, we should be championing movies like this. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, it looks like we've got the Oppenheimer ladies, the team behind Oppenheimer. Uh, next week for you Um, and until then go out there and make your films make stuff happen and if you are lucky enough to rise up and do well in this industry that is difficult as it is it is your duty to send the elevator back down we will see you next Tuesday or Friday as always (laughs) until then take care everyone bye bye